Alright, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Oh my god, I smell shenanigan! I have no idea what's going on, but I am excited! Yeah, baby, yeah! Ever dance with the devil in the pale Inconceivable! Cowabunga! I thought this was a party! It's two Moskis and a podcast. With Eric and Jeff. Okay, well, I really don't have an intro for this one, folks, but anyways, welcome to Two Nerdskis and a Podcast, the one show where two nerdskis come together and talk about everything pop culture and entertainment. I'm one of your nerdskis, of course. This is Eric. Uh, this is Jeff, but I, I gotta go. I gotta go lift weights. What? That's a that's a reference to Dirty Weights. <laughs> <laughs> Well, folks, I will say, though, it is uh, it is a special treat for us because it is indeed the 30th installment of Two Nerdskis in a Podcast, and I didn't think we'd make it this far, you know? Um, I, I'm, I'm impressed with how far we've gone so far. Um, it's It's been a wild ride, and uh, we thank everyone so far who's been listening to the show. Um, we have listeners. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. What would you say? We have listeners. <laughs> Yes, we do. But in all, but in all seriousness, thank you for sticking around. Thank you for uh, giving us a, a listen. And we hope to hear you for the next 30 or so. But um, today is today is a very special installment for sure. Because so it's been about a couple weeks. But today's installment is going to be one giant tribute to one of comedy's biggest names who recently unfortunately passed away today we're going to talk about dirty work and the comedy of norm mcdonald um and i have to say right now off the top of of the head right now just wow what a what a mind job because norm norm has always been an interesting case he's he's been a He's been a comedy legend for years and no one knew and he kept it very private that he had been battling cancer for nine years and and he kept it private. No one knew about it. All he kept doing was just like doing <laughs> norm jokes and oh god, norm jokes a plenty. It's like it's like the thing about Norm is that like he says the like the most weirdest stuff ever in terms of like it the joke might not even land and yet it's still some it's still somehow funny because that's the point norm doesn't really care <laughs> i mean he does care but like he doesn't care if the joke necessarily bombs he's just he just wants to tell the joke because to him he thinks it's funny <laughs> well i think what i think what made him really funny is that even if a joke bombed he doubles down and then triples down on the joke. And then he's able, by the time you get to the third uh, third delivery, he manages yeah. to take something not funny and somehow make it funny just through his, his dry, unique delivery. And that's what I think made Norm MacDonald so fucking funny was because I, everyone like has their own subjective, you know, 
uh, you know, type of comedy. But I, I love dry humor, and Norm was one of the absolute kings of that. Oh, uh, for sure, yeah. He managed to, like, it could just be the most random nothing line, and just purely through his delivery, he manages to make it really fucking funny. And, oh man, like, yeah, I've been, because uh, I, I actually didn't discover Norm until uh, probably a couple of years ago. And, and actually, uh, my, uh, my first legitimate, you know, Norm McDonald experience was Dirty Work, which I thought is a perfect introduction to get a grasp on his style of style of comedy. And then I went back and watched a bunch of his bits on SNL, you know, the weekend report. Ah, so weekend update. Yeah. Yeah. Every, uh, every time he was on celebrity jeopardy as Burt Reynolds was great. (laughs) Ted Ferguson. It's a funny name. Ted Ferguson. It's a funny name. One of my favorite things. It's like, uh, name this Beatles lyric or name this Beatles song. Um, he's like, uh, at the, 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 and the category, no, the answer is, it's been a hard day's night. I've been sleeping like a blank. Um, <laughs> Burt Reynolds, Chinese whore. <laughs> oh, man. One of my one of my favorite ones too. Also, when he uh, does Burt Reynolds. By the way, how crazy is it when he puts on the Burt Reynolds makeup and hair? and costume that he looks exactly like burt reynolds it's he really does. crazy yeah there was a there's this one moment on uh celebrity jeopardy that it again just purely through his through his delivery it, it's like not even the studio audience is laughing but i'm laughing purely based <laughs> on how he says it uh so he uh like category was like uh like like the sound a doggy makes and then uh he he says uh who is uh uh scooby-doo that's not the answer. No, no, that, that that that's the answer. You know, you had a pal, Scrappy, <laughs> get together and solve mysteries. I forget, I forget exactly what it's, the. It's so nothing, but it's so fucking funny. I forget exactly what category he was answering, but like he just goes one time. Yeah, what is Footloose? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, it's a good movie. That Footloose. <laughs> and honestly, like, I would say. What makes a really good comedian is when you fucking stick stick by your craft and maintain, you know, your uh, your your dignity, and you know, you don't you don't really sell out, like, because Norm got fired from SNL because the uh, the, uh, the the because the president of NBC was. Uh, was buddies with OJ Simpson and Norm <laughs> would not back the fuck down on OJ Simpson jokes. Uh, yeah. He couldn't because those jokes were wonderful. One of my favorite jokes from the OJ actually um yeah, one of my favorite jokes from that he does with OJ. It's like uh in his new book, OJ says that he would have taken a bullet for Nicole. Gee, that's a that's a shame when the one person who says they die for you kills you. <laughs> <laughs> he had this one great joke. I'm I'm probably uh, I'm probably going to butcher it, but it was uh I think it was about a year and a half after he was fired from SNL and they they brought him back to host. Oh, that was such a great monologue. I and love so, that monologue. Yeah, so he uh he comes on stage and he says, "Well, 
they fired me and now I'm back. So either, either, either I got funnier or the show really sucks now. <laughs> he's yeah, he he's like, a, <laughs> like, that's what I love about him is that Norm did not give a fuck. He like whoever, like he would, he would push, he would always push buttons. He would always, you know, like he would poke fun at everyone. Like even when, you know, society got more PC. Norm stayed Norm. And that's what I always commended him for. And it was, uh, he always felt like a breath of fresh air because, you know, there's so many, because to me, you can't do politically correct comedy. You just can't because comedy is about pushing the boundaries and not holding back on on pretty, I mean, obviously, like certain subject matters, you know, like no matter what you say or do, you you probably can't make that funny. But a vast majority of the time, you need to take risks, and you need to, you know, you gotta you gotta test the waters. And so many comedians are scared to go there. I mean, I don't think I think uh, even Jerry Seinfeld said that he won't play on college campuses anymore because everyone is too easily offended, which I totally believe. And Norm was one of those comedians who never metaphorically bent the knee to that. Like he didn't, he didn't try to stay relevant and cater to a demographic that didn't fit his comedy style. Like he just, he laughed at them. He laughed at, you know, like, like whatever was going on in, in the world, like he still managed to have that very norm perspective on it. And he, uh, you know, I loved that he, he never got too, he never got too political. He like, like he would make the occasional political joke, but it seemed to be a, a neutral, a neutrally balanced perspective uh, which, which I think is the the best way to deliver political com- uh, comedy, and he just always had that right balance. And yeah, Norm Macdonald, he he was honestly one of the last great living comedians. Like I, I would honestly put him up there with someone like George Carlin. Uh, you know, it's yeah, I can see that because it's you know everyone says that. You know, man, I I wish George Carlin was still alive. You know, to uh, to help give some commentary on everything happening in the world right now, and I don't disagree with that in any way, shape, or form because you know George Carlin was a fucking genius. But I would say the closest equivalent we had to that was probably Norm, and we need comedians like that who are not afraid to push the boundaries and because comedy can get people talking. It can, it can get people to kind of see the humor in a situation. And, you know, if everyone is so, you know, hostile toward, towards one another, a good laugh could sometimes be all it takes to release some of that tension. Well, I think in terms of comedy, um, I think we talked about it before. I would say, you know, De- Norm definitely pushed the boundaries even till his de- up until his death. But, you know, 
I don't think he was the only one. I'd say that Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle are at least the other two who are absolutely pushing the boundaries in terms of comedy because they don't give a shit and they they're, want they're too few and far between, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yes. But I think it's I think it's fair to say that, you know, there will for every for every um giant amount giant amount of like for every crowd of of like comedians who suck up there's always going to be the one comedian is like the fuck are you doing i'm going to make the i'm gonna fucking make this joke right here and if you don't like it you can go fuck off too bad i i would have loved to see norm perform live that oh that would have been fucking great okay so speaking of speaking of norm live so i found it recently i found a video recently it's only audio but um so it's norm you know how like a lot of you know how most comedians will handle hecklers and just like throw them out or whatnot with jokes but um norm you know because he's canadian as well or was canadian he also like he will politely psychologically destroy you (laughs) oh yeah so like he so this one heckler like says like you're not that funny he's like uh i didn't say i was always funny (laughs) (laughs) i'm just i'm sorry (laughs) have you Remind me to send send you the link to that video later. Yeah, but please do. Please tell me you've seen the moth joke. Who? What kind of? How long of a drive was this? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so for those of you who don't know the moth joke, so when when Conan was on the Tonight Show, um, hosting for the seven month seven months that he was on, um, Norm came on and did like this ridiculously long overdrawn bit about a moth who comes into a podiatrist's office and he starts like using like Dostoevsky like um, names and terms. And uh, eventually the, the punchline, basically the idea is that moth is very depressed and the podiatrist like, wow, moth, you seem really, you seem really depressed, but you know, you should really see a therapist. Why'd you come here? The moth goes, cause the light was on. <laughs> but what, what makes the joke so fucking funny is again ties back to norm's style of delivery because it's so obvious that he's just making this shit up as he goes <laughs> and and it's like he just he, he strings you along for this ridiculously long setup and then it's the dumbest fucking punchline ever oh, yeah it, it, it's basically a dumb dad joke Please but, tell me that. Um, but but again, it, it's the way that he delivers it and how he's able to to make something on the surface not very funny, fucking hilarious. So speaking so speaking of a Conan, so like so obviously Norm was a regular on Conan's show quite a bit, um, and uh, Norm uh, Conan I think has gone on record and said that Norm was his favorite guest of all time, but. Uh, Please tell me you've seen him on uh, the late night show era with Courtney Thornsmith because that is hilarious. So basically, Courtney Thornsmith, she was an actress on Melrose Place. Um, if anyone's seen Two and a Half Men, she pl- I forget who exactly who she played, but she was like a love interest to, um, uh, um, God, what's his name? John Cryer's character. Um, oh God. Alan Harper, yeah, Alan Harper, right? But it's besides the point. But anyways, at the time, she was promoting the really bad uh, Carrot Top movie, Chairman of the Board. 
And uh, oh yeah, she she had oh, okay. I have to I have to show you. I have to send a link to this to you too. But like, basically, she's on there, and you can tell the interview is bombing. But Norm just interjects randomly and just saves the interview. Um, so he's just like, uh, "You're on Mel." What? So like two minutes into the interview, he's like, "Wait, you guys are talking about Melrose Place?" <laughs> and then like he he makes some sort he makes it like. He's like uh, nine. He's like nine and a half weeks. Don't you mean like nine and a half, pre, nine and a half seconds of premature ejaculation or whatnot? <laughs> and then like, so he's just like, uh, I have a name for, I have a, I have a name for chairman of the board. Yeah, what's that? It's like, bo- I call it box office poison. <laughs> it, it's a lot funnier than what I'm saying, but like the last part of it, he's just like, uh, I bet chairman of the board is spelled B O R E D. <laughs> Oh God. oh God! It's one. Yeah. It's one of the greatest like interviews ever seen. And so, like Courtney Thorne Smith has actually gone on record saying that, like, because um, uh, during the interview, uh, like she is laughing her ass off, and it's, it looks like he's like Norm's humiliating her, but actually, in reality, she's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Having Norm just interject and roasting me was like the greatest thing ever because I I was bombing in that interview, and thank God for Norm for saving it. Um, so actually, there was a. Uh, there's another quote from uh, from Norm that really kind of uh, I felt like when when he was delivering that it was kind of therapeutic for for himself. Uh, so he I don't I don't know when it was, but he was doing this bit and said that uh, you know like hey why you know how how come when uh, when someone dies from cancer they say someone lost their like someone lost their battle to cancer? It's like oh geez. Last thing he ever did did was fucking lose, <laughs> and then, and then he said, uh, uh, "Again, I'm I'm totally paraphrasing, so definitely uh, check out the definitely the, seek it out, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely uh, check out that clip." Uh, and he says, "Like, well, why don't we just call it a draw?" <laughs> and I- and it's like <laughs> that that's simultaneously true, funny. And I guarantee at that point was when he was, I mean, he was battling cancer for nine years. So I'm sure that's what, that's what his mindset on his situation was. Hmm. That's interesting, actually. Huh. Didn't actually really think about that. Um, real quick, there is one, there is one more like great norm bit on Conan that I wanted to bring up because if I don't bring it up, I'm going to hate myself for it. So like, so um actress no actor Mackenzie davis she came on conan uh, to promote her show on amc which was halton catch fire um at one point and uh norm was the guest uh previously and he he stayed on the couch and like she was being interviewed by conan and like during the interview during the interview she talks about like this weird hobby she has of like um dissect of like uh dissect she likes to like take like owl pellets dissect them and like make like weird funny creatures with the bones and remains and whatnot and so like at one point he's he's just like well that's fine if you do that i don't give a hoot (laughs) (laughs) and then my favorite line though is when later like she's talking like says like she's doing it like she's doing it in her apartment that she rents where and conan's like you really should have just like bought a house and do it in a basement because like people then won't ask questions and then norm just nonchalantly goes hey i've got a question for you you ever toss a prostitute off a bridge (laughs) (laughs) 
And what's so great oh, is that like Conan, Conan and uh, Andy are just like in horror and shock. And then what's funny is Mackenzie's just like, uh, what's the punchline? And Norm's just like, I had to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> the one other, the one, the one last thing from SNL, like on weekend update that I loved was like, so Norm does a thing where like he has the setup and the punchline, um, the setup be the punchline of the joke. So like there's a joke where he said, where it's like uh, uh, Julia Roberts has split up from Lyle Lovett uh, after uh, this so and so long of marriage. The reason why it happens because Julia Rob because Julia Rob no it's like uh, oh, fuck I'm gonna mess up the punchline but basically it's just like uh, the moment she realized it was Julia Roberts with Lyle Lovett. But it's it's a lot funnier if uh, if you if I show the clip um, to you but. So, but yeah, it's fair to say that Norm is and always forever will be a comedy legend. And there's actually, uh, oh yes, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to, I was just going to end by saying that like, there will never be another someone like Norm, but hopefully we'll still, but hopefully because of him, we'll have comedians who aren't afraid to still push the boundaries and make comedy comedy again at least that's what i hope no dude i'm i'm with you there uh yeah there was uh yeah so we'll we'll definitely get to uh get to dirty work in a sec but yeah there's one uh one other norm bit that always stuck with me and i think it was at the um it was at the roast of bob saget oh my god why did i forget about that one okay please continue because it's hilarious and the whole time he's just with he's so deadpan, just making these shitty <laughs> shitty jokes. And you can't tell if he's being serious. And the audience reaction, like they can't tell if they should laugh or what. And and it, just the way he delivers it is so perfect. And the way he just doubles and triples down and just like because he's giving the uh the impression of like a desperate comedian trying to get his jokes to land but (laughs) so he's like blending that with his dry not give a fuck attitude and it's wonderful it is so fucking wonderful (laughs) i think that's the whole idea behind that too is that like he's bombing on purpose because he wants to come across like that. And I think that's why Bob and everyone else on the docket knows that, um, that's it, that it's funny because, because that's the whole entire point of why his jokes are bombing. It's <laughs> so, so, like, it's so funny because it's not funny, exactly. but he's making it funny. <laughs> and yeah, oh, I guess God. my, yeah, I guess my closing words on, on the man himself, Dude was a fucking legend. He had such a unique approach to comedy. And I felt like he really had the craft of it really well mastered and was able to implement his own style and his own. uh, He was able to craft his own defining piece of comedy. And I think that's extremely rare for uh, for a comedian, but he definitely fits in that category. And 
you know, I give major respect to him for not, uh, you know, for not publicly stating his situation because he didn't want people to, you know, pity him. And I, I commend that, you know, he, Norm was, Norm was just Norm. And like you were saying, um, I hope his impact on comedy will will be remembered and help inspire the next generation of comedians to take risks and don't hold back, don't be afraid to offend, and really just hone in on what made comedy such a celebrated and important art form because comedy is extremely important like we we need it it's such a wonderful way of releasing stress on the mind and you know just just in general i I think laughter is is an extremely healthy thing and norm was was a master at it and the world is a little lesser without him a part of it. So no, absolutely. Uh, so Norm, rest in peace, you fucking legend. Uh, you know, it's, it's such a damn shame, but he sure as hell will never be forgotten because he's just too damn funny to be forgotten. Well, speaking of the Bob Saget roast... It was Bob Saget who directed um, today's topic, uh, Dirty Work, released in 1998. So let's go full swing into this little uh, this little uh, movie from 1998. Um, so obviously, stars Norm, along with Artie Lang, um, Christopher McDonald's actually in it. That's right, Shooter fucking McGavin's in this movie. Then you have like a whole slew of like. Uh, SNL players um, making some cameos as well. The cameos um, in this movie are fucking crazy. They actually, they indeed are. Um, but a little background on the movie itself. So I just found this out, but I didn't know this, but um, this is actually based off a Roald Dahl story um, called Ventus's Mind Incorporated. Um, I actually didn't know that. I did not know that either. I just found out right now. Um this movie actually was made in, uh, I think, 96. But what happened was Norm got fired from SNL um, because Don Olemeyer, as Jeff mentioned, was a he was like one of the executives at NBC. And he was also a friend to OJ Simpson. And of course, with all those OJ jokes that uh, Norman, uh, I forgot. It was him and a, and another writer for SNL that got fired. Um, they actually brought the writer back to SNL, but Norm, of course, was <laughs> Norm, of course, uh, did not come back uh, to host SNL. He did, but never came back to be a regular player. But yeah, um, it's uh, this movie was not a, uh, was not a box office success. It bombed um, because it was released several years later. And it was released at a time, I think it was in June when it was released, 
and yeah, it got good. dominated by the competition, primarily uh, Godzilla 98. Which movie, we will which, totally talk about someday. Yes, absolutely. Um, so it's it's interesting because I had, I had heard... The, the first time I heard of Dirty Work was watching Bot Saget's... Um, uh, I think it was a, I think it was his um, comedy special that ain't right. Um, and he's like, uh, I directed this movie called Dirty Work. He's like, where are you guys at the box office? I got fucked. <laughs> um, by the way, that's the first time. I, so like, I had known Bob Saget from uh, you know obviously Danny Tanner from uh, Full House. Fucking hate that show. Um, it's awful. <laughs> yes, it is. And you know he plays the fa- he he plays the um, he plays you know the nice father figure who cares about his family but uh real bob is just <laughs> holy fuck real bob is not fucking danny tanner <laughs> no, he's not he is foul as fuck um in recent years he's actually toned down quite a bit um because i i've actually i've actually listened to uh him on a couple podcasts and actually a little bit on um joe rogan's show um but you know he's toned down on the excessive uh, uh, raunchiness, um, but uh, yeah, Bob is a very different person from Danny Tanner. Let's put it that way. So, which I uh, think, like, it makes only, sense. Like for the this only movie. way Full House is actually funny is if you know who Bob Saget really is. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, when the Nostalgia Critic did his review for Full House, and like you know he puts like a. He uh, he proceeds one clip with Danny Tanner of just like being a caring father. And then like the preceding clip <laughs> afterwards, just Bob Saget's like, I've banged half the girls in the room. <laughs> <laughs> one no, I'm just lying. I just not like the other. It's just like, it's just like, uh, no, I just, I'm lying. I just stuck my pinky in her butthole. <laughs> God damn it, Bob. <laughs> so, I mean, like. So this movie is absolutely something that Bob Saget would direct. Let's be honest. Like it definitely has his stamp of approval. It, his signature of like dirty, dirty work as you well, will. Well, actually uh, this, uh, this movie was, uh, it was shot to be rated R, but it was, it that was, was the most interesting thing about it. And you know what? It makes sense. That it, it would does. be R rated. Yeah. So and it's, especially, especially later when I see a dog just getting violated by a skunk, I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Release the Saget cut. <laughs> I mean, like we got the Snyder cut, but you know, like the air cut, maybe up in the air. But um, and of course, the Joel no, Schumacher cut. All that release the Saget yes. cut of <laughs> Dirty Work. I want to see what was cut the fuck out of this movie because uh, God, I just have to imagine what exactly was like cut. Just imagine, like maybe there's like an extended joke or extended sequence. Maybe there is more fucked up. Uh, some there's more something fucked up going on when they destroyed the apartment complex um or maybe we saw more visual aid for when like the when they accidentally walk into a mob shooting <laughs> oh my god that, oh, that god. scene all uh, right we're so, getting a little ahead of ourselves though but go yeah ahead. so so i actually discovered this movie through uh uh through cinemassacre's uh rental reviews and i never heard I of that. it never heard of it didn't really know who Norm Macdonald was, but, uh, you know, once they started going into detail and started showing some clips, I'm like, oh, this this might be right up my alley, actually. And so uh, eventually I tracked down a DVD copy uh, and I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> like this movie is my style of humor. And, 
you can tell this was like material like this is perfect for Norm McDonald because he is so good at playing a loser. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> so, so the idea of the movie is, um, <clears throat> so you have Mitch and Sam who's played by Artie Lang. Um, so Mitch, obviously Norm McDonald, they've been lifelong friends. Uh, they succeed in life when their kids through their teenagers by just getting revenge on like their enemies and the way they plan out these elaborate, like uh, revenge plots are way over the top and hilarious. And also just like they like to get back at their bully, they just like get access to a bunch of guns and just like drop them off in their bully's desk. And he's just <laughs> arrested. We're like, shit, dude. <laughs> it's like, when he, wow. <laughs> When he like puts super glue on his ass because the crossing guard keeps like grabbing all the kids' asses. He's like, "Help, sir! Like, help, help! Call the help police! This, this grown up is assaulting me!" <laughs> it's so fucking. Oh funny. my god! Oh man! And so, and so they grow up, and they just—they're like Mitch has just like gone through fourteen jobs, and he's completely in three months, by the way, and he's dumped by his girlfriend. And he has no ambition in life. <laughs> he goes around carrying around a recorder, a tape recorder. He's like, note to self, this and this, this and that. Um, Side note, when he uh, when he loses his job at the at the beginning, do you know who played his boss? Uh, who was it who played his boss? Hector fucking Salamanca himself. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Um, oh, God, what the hell is his name? Um, it's, it's Hector Salamanca. Right. Of course. <laughs> of course. From Breaking Bad. But still, I'm just like, wow. <laughs> Again, there's just like there's a whole multitude sure. of like just like cameos in this movie. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, even even from like all, random of them. But yeah, even from like random character actors to uh, to all the. Yeah, we'll definitely get into all the comedians. And I love. Uh, well, first, this movie especially the music is nineties as fuck. Yes, like it, it is. Uh, like it starts, uh, you know, they got, they got third eye blind. They got Chumbawamba. Like it's, it's wonderful. Side note, Chumbawamba is tub thumping. Um, I think is our, I would say, uh, even though that song's about getting drunk, I would say, um, between the two of us, at least in my mind, it's our theme song. Uh, because that song kicks so much fucking ass. Because it does. <laughs> I mean, cause we get knocked down back up again. You're never going to bring me down. <laughs> So yeah, it, I fucking love this song. I don't care what anyone says. It might be a guilty pleasure, but to me, it's like one of the greatest fucking songs ever made. No, it's not a guilty pleasure. It's a fucking pleasure. Yes, it is. So there's a. So after his uh, his girlfriend uh, dumps him, you know they uh, they you know they they go, they go out to this to this bar and my <laughs> god they uh, Chris fucking Farley dude Chris Farley in his final role. Man, it's uh, it it's surreal seeing him in this movie, man. And it's uh, uh, I love his reveal where where Norm says, "Uh, oh, it could be worse. I could get my nose bitten off by a Saigon whore." And Chris Farley just in this neon <laughs> dramatic lighting just slowly turns with his nose like part like awkwardly stitched together. He's just oh like, my "God, you bastard!" That just reminds that reminds yeah, me of his person bit from well, SNL where I mentioned the, earlier. Well, so what's uh what's actually great is that Chris Farley just isn't in that one scene. Like he's he's like a 
like a decent, decently supporting character. Like he's he's in quite a few scenes, and he's uncredited for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Like if it was like if it, if that was his one and only scene, then yeah, like I, I I get why he wouldn't get credited. But fucking hell, like give the man because he actually credit. plays kind of a pivotal role in the movie a little bit, not huge, but you know he's there. He's not just like you said, he's not just in one scene. But so yeah, I know- it's odd, isn't it? Side note, R.I.P. Chris Farley. Indeed. Speaking of Chris Farley, um, the one movie I watched with him a lot because we had the VHS for it, um, Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I actually like that movie quite a bit. By the way, it's surprising to see J- for a big guy like Chris Farley. I'm surprised by how nimble and limber and flexible that man was like, wow. So actually there was um, uh before Chris Farley died, he was actually being uh, being tapped to because uh, I, I think at that point in his career, he wanted to be taken more seriously as an actor. Mm-hmm. And he was actually attached to play uh, to star in this biopic of uh, Fatty Arbuckle. Oh, really? And, uh, you know, for those who don't know, uh, you know, he was a silent comedy star from the uh, late 1910s to the uh primarily through the twenties and a little bit through the thirties. And he actually got caught up in the first ever known, uh, Hollywood sex, uh, sex and murder scandal. And eventually he, he was cleared of everything, but his name and reputation was just dragged through the mud so hard that his career had a hard time recovering. And honestly, I would love to see Chris Farley take on a role like that. I wonder if that's part of the reason why he's uncredited in this movie. What do you mean? Like, you know, like, mate, because I don't know when the scandal happened. Depending on when the scandal happened, that's probably one reason why he's uncredited in this movie. Well, I mean, I mean, that was back in the 1920s. Uh, well, no, I'm. T- oh, OK. Or just maybe the fact that Chris Farley was just um, well, going well, to portray well, this character. I don't well, know. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, what I'm saying is that. You know, right. It happened in the twenties, but I don't know. Maybe something like that was huge. Well, who knows? But you have a good point, though. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, though. But no, that's fascinating. Ah, that would that would actually would have been interesting. I mean, like obviously, Chris is known for like his slapstick comedy, um, his way over the top humor. But like, it would have been interesting to see him play a little more serious because there have been plenty of like comedians who you know have done a lot of like over the top comedy and. Yeah, because uh, transitioned like Adam Sandler, who is in this movie, too. Like, obviously, you know, he's done Punch Drunk Love, Rain Over Me. Um, he's also done um, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Yeah, that's and like from what I from what I've heard, like from all intents and purposes, should have been nominated for an Oscar. But they uh, passed over is, him. It is such a good fucking movie. That's what um, I understand. Yeah. And yeah, what I. um, I forgot what the fuck I was going to say. Damn it. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, so uh so going back uh back to the movie. Uh so shortly after, you know, there are a bar fight with some douchey college uh college kids ensues and uh <laughs> so by the way, like really really funny moment when uh so like so Norma goes uh, uh goes to back up his buddy and I love the way he's just like, Yeah, it's fighting time <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris Farley hits the wrong 
uh, wrong song on the jukebox and starts playing pina coladas. Great. <laughs> I, laughed my, I laughed quite a bit. Like, I just cracked up quite a bit when it started playing. I'm just like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then uh, and then pretty shortly after Norm gets tossed, tossed out a window, he's just like, way, so like self, learn to fight. <laughs> By the way, Norm gets tossed around quite a bit in the movie. Um, obviously, it's a stunt double, but like, it's one of my favorite gags in in the movie. Where like, it's Norm basically just gets like, like Chaz getting thrown out by Uncle Phil and Fresh yeah. Prince. <laughs> he gets thrown into a trash can. He gets thrown out of a window. He gets thrown out of a door. It makes these little landings. Yeah, I don't even know what I don't even want to know what happens to him when they're in jail. <laughs> Total lack of respect. This is ridiculous. <laughs> There's a, a so so after that they have this really actually kind of a brilliant idea. So they uh, uh so they they buy a couple cop uniforms and and so their plan is to uh is to call the uh call the frat and say hey there's a couple of guys you know crashing parties who are saying they're cops but they're not real cops they're robbers and so. And so then after he uh, he hangs up the phone on them, calls the cops, <laughs> this line fucking killed me. I first time I saw this movie, I laughed for like, like <laughs> a couple of minutes. He's just like, hello, real cops? <laughs> <laughs> and then the real cops show up and then the, the, the frat guys, you know, thinking that, you know, like these are the uh, these are the robbers. They just they punch the cops out and then a whole squad of cops are just beating the fuck out of them. <laughs> so great. God, I love this so much. It's oh, it's wonderful. It's fucking brilliant. And uh oh man. Yeah, this movie's great. <laughs> so, so what happens so afterwards after, you know, after he's thrown out of like his girlfriend's apartment, um Mitch, Norm, he goes to go live with um Sam at his at his pop's place. Um he will and, always like, be the grandpa from Problem Child to me. Really? I, I never I, I haven't seen Problem Child, so I wouldn't I wouldn't know. Some people um, say, oh, 12 Angry Men. No, Problem Child. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> But anyway, so um basically so um you know Mitch is he doesn't really want to be around Pops because Pops gives him Pops makes him uncomfortable and then like yeah, he like grabs his nuts at like several times during the movie or punches his nuts several times. So that's where I'm like, oh, God, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> but like, but basically Pops gives confesses to him like, you know, I'm actually your real dad. And uh, I have a necklace of your mom here. It's just like he shows him the keychain picture necklace. And he's like, oh, my God, that's my mom having sex with you. <laughs> I think I think is what's going on, because it's, it's revealed that his mom was a swinger. Um, and so, so, uh, and so that's, that it's like one of the, that's one of the craziest things. And so, um, so what happens is like pops gets a heart attack and they have to, um, they take him to the doctor and the doctor is Dr. Farthing played by Chevy Chase. And you're not, um, that's an essence. That's a weekend update reference. He would always be like, hi, welcome to weekend update. I'm Chevy Chase and you're not, um, I love and, Chevy Chase. And, well, I don't. I mean, like, I used to like Chevy Chase, and then I heard kind of like just how I heard about the community controversy, and I was just like, eh, I can't. You mean a star in Hollywood turned out to be a big fucking douchebag? Color me yeah. shocked. Uh, ne- next thing you'll tell me, Bill Murray isn't such a nice guy. <laughs> God, please don't let that be true. Um, 
but yeah, he, but yeah, basically. So Dr. Farthing, like he unfortunately is a gambler and he's just like, Hey, listen, I'll help, I'll help, uh, get a heart transplant, but I need like $50,000 to do it. And like, what the hell do you expect us to get that money? And so what I like at one point that like, they're trying to brainstorm ideas of how to get the job. And, uh, they're like peeing off the side of a roof or no, um, Sam's peeing off the side of a roof. And like, apparently he accidentally drenches a guy in piss, <laughs> <laughs> which I and, guarantee that was, uh, that was inspired to be used in American pie too. <laughs> Oh really? Was it? I, I I don't know. I've seen. I haven't seen American Pie too, so I can't say. For, oh, say, you haven't. Did it really happen? Yeah. So it was like uh, one of the opening scenes where I think uh, ah. the uh, uh, John Cho. He uh, uh, so he's he's on the uh, upper level of this house party, and Stifler's uh, trying to seduce this chick uh, on the on the lower side, and and so uh, uh, so the chick's like. Oh, let me uh, like let me drench you in in some of this uh, liquid, and Stifler's like, "Oh, bring it on, baby!" And then she gets knocked out somehow, and then John Cho starts pissing, <laughs> and Stifler's like, "Oh, baby, that feels great." Oh, it's fucking nasty. And then, uh, but then, like, once the, we're gonna do American Pie at some point. We we gotta do American Pie. I love I love those fucking movies. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, so they. Uh, they decide to try to find a way to to raise the money, and so they they start by getting a series of jobs. And one of their first jobs is at a construction site. <laughs> God this, damn it, that scene was great. Uh, that was so funny. And so like, so the their boss is, is talking to them, and and Norm's just like, eh, ninety degrees eh, may not work. Eh, well, we lied on our resume. We know nothing about construction. You're when fired. Is, when is lunch? <laughs> And then they go get a, they go get a job. No, no, no. Before that, uh, they go and be like testers for like uh, what new candy or whatnot. Oh and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the reaction that Norm gets, the side effects that Norm gets. Oh, because uh, well, because well, like, Artie Lang like eats the whole fucking thing and has no reaction, and Norm just takes us like the tiniest little nibble and just has the biggest reaction to it. <laughs> But what really kicks it off is when they go work at a movie theater and the, the theater owner is played by Don fucking Rickles. May he also rest in peace. Oh, I, One of the greatest roasters who ever existed. I adore Don Rickles. <laughs> Hello, ice cream. Can you hear me in there? I remember he. I remember when, uh, so there was a clip shown on uh, Jimmy Fallon. No, not Jimmy Fallon, on Jimmy Kimmel Tonight because like he was really close with Don Rickles and like Don Rickles, he was like, I think he was at like some sort of, he was at some benefit for Ronald Reagan and he just insults Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> I got to find that clip. Cause I, I'll, yeah. I'll, sh I'll show you the, I'll show you it later. But, uh, but yeah, they, they go to work for Don Rickles and like in, in typical Don, in typical fashion, they let Don Rickles like rip one on Norm because it's Don fucking ripple, uh, Don Rickles. I, was oh, yeah, I, Rickles. I, I guarantee Don Rickles, it improvised all of his dialogue because there's no way yeah there's no way that he would have like i i feel like because i feel like even norm like maybe like improvised some of his lines but like for sure now that i think about it now that you mentioned like yeah don rickle is like he's a he's a guy who like whose comedy is best when it's on the spot like that you want to um, hear you want to hear something depressing what's up you know what don rickle's final on uh final on-screen performance was like not including voice work uh, what was it? Dennis the Menace Strikes Again. 
Oh no! <laughs> you know the movie uh, where the movie where Carrot Top does brown face. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, actually, I would I would love to talk about the uh, the original Dennis the Menace with uh, with Walter Matthau someday because that that movie's wonderful. Oh uh, wow! <laughs> I forgot about that movie. Wow, man! <laughs> oh, that that's a fucking throwback. But anyways, so, uh, so Don Rickles, obviously, like the theater, like his theater manager character or theater owner character, I'm um, like, is just a complete asshole. And so like to get revenge. So like the owner of the chain um, of theaters is showing up for a premiere of Men in Black. Remember, kids. <laughs> and so uh, so how they enact their revenge, they replace the Men in Black rule with men in black who like to have sex with each other. Hey, what's that? An alien. Oh man, we better have sex with each other. <laughs> and then what's funny is like note, Don note Rickles is just like standing there and like he gets trampled on by like all the horrified like uh, moviegoers and they're like uh uh Hamilton, you're fired. Note to self, Sam totally looked at the screen. No, I was I was looking at the <laughs> <laughs> And so from there they realize, you know what? That's what we got to do. We're going to create a Dirty work. We're going to create Dirty Work Incorporated, and uh, it's a revenge for hire business. The Dirty Work phone number five 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 zero one eight seven, which apparently was a fictitious number that they used on SNL at the time. Um, and so Mitch ends up meeting this woman named Kathy, who works for uh, David Keckner's character, who is a shady used car dealer. And so, like, apparently she she has problems with her car dealer uh, boss. And so, how they get how they decide to get revenge for her um, is they hire a bunch of prostitutes. <laughs> oh saying, my God. Look at all these dead hookers. I've never seen so many dead hookers in one so, place. So uh, the, 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 the concept, <laughs> the concept of it is, it's like, so they're going to show, they're going to, they're taping a live commercial. And so what they're going to do is that they're going to get the prostitutes to jump into the, into the trunks of the cars and pretend that they're dead. And as Jeff pointed out, like, look at all these dead hookers in here. And, and uh, they use the opportunity, like, if you want, if you want someone to, uh, get, if you you want someone who needs, uh, you want to perform re- uh, revenge on, call Dirty Work right now at this number. And uh, and so, like, that's when like all the work gets poured in. And so, like, you get like this woman who, uh, like, um, wants them to like. Uh, fill like a, a what a bulldozer or whatnot with popcorn i don't remember um but my funniest thing is like uh they want this this guy wants uh this house to like uh like it's too it, like when people show up at this house it gets too loud and so uh he wants them to like keep it down and so like what they do is like they go and put fish in the house and then they find out too late uh that it's actually where like mobsters like hold deals and uh yep. <laughs> and so like they smell something fishy uh i think that's actually a pun used in the movie and then like they start shooting each other and then like you can just what's funny is just like hearing all the chaos in the background it's like, like oh my god what, what, reloading. What, like, <laughs> like what, what makes it so fucking funny is that it, it just looks on, on that shot of norman Artie lang holding up the fish totally <laughs> deadpan for like over a minute and just all this horrific sounds are happening like oh my god he's using a chainsaw chainsaw. now he's using the chainsaw on me (laughs) Ah. and then like oh my god he's got a grenade (laughs) 
just all these all these horrible things happening in the like j- just with the with the sound effects and uh god like and both norman already like their expressions completely sell it and oh absolutely but, and then after everything's all said and done they just like trot the fish and then they're like oh geez we better get out of here sam what are you doing <laughs> he's like still putting <laughs> putting fish all over the place so, so their like, their tactics. Oh my gets, god! I didn't expect you to do that. Uh, or what the fuck did Norm say after uh, after the guy who hired him uh, found the uh, uh, found the chaos? The, yeah, found the, the aftermath. Ah, oh, I'm trying to remember what he said. It was really funny. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, so Christopher McDonald, uh, he plays uh, property developer Travis Cole. He's like one of the wealthiest like men in New York. Um, cause that's where the movie takes place. Um, so he, he comes across, he, he hears of dirty work and he says like, I'm going to use these guys and he gets them to destroy, uh, an apartment complex. Um, that's actually owned by the landlord who owns, uh, the building for, uh, the dirty work business. Um, you, so, you, don't, you don't pay me. I'm going to punch you in the stomach. All right. Well, uh, have a, have Sam here. Uh, um, punch Sam, though. Um, you good with that, Sam? He's like, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> he like, has no idea what? what he just agreed what? to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's my department. <laughs> so, but like, so um, they realize too late, kind of, though, that like um, Kathy's grandmother and, um, lives in the building and they vandalized it. But like, so what's always funny is like when they vandalized the building. So like they just knocked down doors and stuff and like just destroyed the property. Like at one point, like uh, Artie like takes a shit on the toilet and the toilet just blows up underneath them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't exactly remember how where the context of that is, but I'm just like, what the serious fuck? <laughs> and then and so and so uh, and so Cole basically uh, reneges on their deal and they're like, um, like because um, basically he uh, used them to. Um, vandalize the building so he could buy the building for cheap evict the tenants and then build a parking lot for his beloved opera house um um and uh he get he gets him thrown in jail and we mentioned it earlier but like uh so norm has this thing about like uh i know what happens in prison and so these guys come up to him is like all right buddy let's go (laughs) (laughs) and uh i'm gonna let jeff take it over from there you take it away there buddy so Norm comes back after a few minutes, zips his pants up, and then <laughs> he's just like, "You know what hurts the most? Well, uh, oh god, what was it like? Like, well, uh, well, the sex hurt a lot, but you know what hurts the second most? <laughs> Lack of respect is ridiculous. We really shouldn't be making. We shouldn't. We really shouldn't be laughing at this. But the way they just portray it is just. Oh God, I really should be uncomfortable. Like during that moment, but I'm. I'm so just last. I'm laughing my ass off just because of just how fucking weird it is. That's the magic of Norm, man. <laughs> because Norm just delivers it. It's it's delivered in such a Norm fashion. Um. So meanwhile, um, earlier in the plot, so Pops has told Norm not to tell uh, Artie that. Uh, that uh they're brothers because um for what i don't i don't remember for whatever reason um or whatnot but uh, obviously you know he finds out at one point obviously kathy's furious that uh they destroyed the place 
uh, the grandmother's place. And, uh, you know, Dr. Farthing's like, come on, I really need that money because, uh, you know, you think that they would uh, leave me alone after breaking my arm. But no, they broke the other arm. I'm, I'm like, I'm really kind of hurting here, guys. <laughs> 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 so, I, so honestly like like chevy chase was uh was so good at at dry humor and so just the fact that we got that we got to see like two of the best at dry delivery have scenes together is is wonderful well it's funny you mentioned that because obviously so when snl started you know chevy chase was the original weekend update reporter or anchor and so when norm took over um, I think Chevy has gone on record and said that of all the of all the anchors that have come after me, Norm is the one who's nailed it. Um, he's not wrong. Well, I don't know. I would say you know I I definitely like Seth Meyers. Um, the 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 Tina and Amy period was is legendary. Um, I, I, there there are definitely some jokes I like from Colin and uh, Colin Yost and Michael Che, but um. There's just something magical the way that um, that uh, my Norm delivers like the news because uh, just because of that deadpan humor. Like we should probably watch a <laughs> remind note to self: watch a bunch of uh, Norm just not giving a shit during a weekend update. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, so um, note to self actually. So what happened? So um, Mitch is during uh, when they f- first like confront. Um, Cole about uh tra- yeah Cole about the um the deal and uh Cole reneging on the deal Mitch accidentally actually recorded the entire thing on his note to self recorder and so like he's got the proof and evidence but now he's got to find a way to uh expose Travis and so he goes to like uh the tenants Kathy and her grandmother and be like uh, hey who wants to help me expose uh, uh Travis Cole and uh, they say nothing. It's like, okay, who wants to help uh, expose Travis Cole? And if um, and if you don't, you can all beat the shit out of me later. It's like, yay! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, so earlier, um, there's like one random like character <laughs> that I really like, and it's like this homeless guy who's just like, <laughs> oh my god, who <laughs> <laughs> just like randomly gives his life story about like how fucked up it is, and it's like, uh, like here, do you want a dollar to uh, like, do this scheme? Is like. Well, actually, in my life, how about two dollars? Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, what's what, what's so funny is that uh, is that uh, afterward, you know, he's uh, he's like delivering this this monologue, and he's like, you know, that's the first time that I felt alive in a long time. I used to have a wife and a kid, and I guess when things f- fell down and out, I've had no purpose to live. Here's your two dollars. <laughs> So how they elaborate, how they, how they elaborate, uh, how they've set up the trap. Um, so they have it, they have this like a uh, opera going on at, at Travis's like favorite opera house and they use skunks, a loyal army of prostitutes, homeless men. Uh, they bring in Chris Farley back, uh, brownies with hallucinogenic act additives, which are, which what made, um, Norm go fucking, uh, like off the like radar with his, um, with the, his symptoms um they ruined the opening night for don giovanni which is sponsored um just the way that it, it happens is ridiculous and then like there's like one guy in the audience who's convinced it's all part of the performance like bravo <laughs> bravo <laughs> <laughs> and then and then, as i mentioned earlier as as uh travis is exposed for who he is like 
you see his beloved dog get raped by a skunk. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> what great. absurd humor is this? This is like some of the craziest shit I've seen. This, I, this- I love that. Uh, <laughs> you know, like as soon as uh, as soon as the play starts, uh, fucking uh, Jack Warden com- comes out on stage, like to the to the opera singer. He's like, "Hey, baby, come here!" <laughs> <laughs> oh God, <laughs> yeah, this isn't a movie. Like, I, this is definitely a very politically incorrect movie, especially oh, no, when I mentioned cannot, the skunk this movie could not be made today. No, it could not. And that's what makes it even funnier. <laughs> so what? So like? So obviously, so um, pops. You know, he gets his heart transplant, um, and Mitch gets the girl, um, and also he's accepted as a brother to Artie. And um, so in voiceover, <laughs> the, vo- the, the ending voiceover just, model. Yeah, please explain great. this. Please explain this. So. <laughs> So pretty much like the final shot of the movie is just Norm and uh, and the girl like, you know, driving off into the sunset and everything. <laughs> and then Norm's just like, well, I got the girl. I got my I got we saved pops. Uh, everything's good between Sam and I. Oh, and uh, and and Doc. Uh, well, he paid him off, but they threw him out of a car. So he's dead. <laughs> oh, that's it. Bye. And then the credits start rolling. <laughs> like that is the most norm. That's one of the most norm things I've ever heard. It's like I, kinda, I wouldn't, I I wouldn't expect. To... I wouldn't expect a Norm McDonald movie to end any other way. I kind of the, the only disappointment I have with the end is that I kind of would have wanted to see Doctor Farthing like die. Like I, I would too, but it's uh. I again, that like, was. It, I wonder. It, it feels. It feels so in tune with with the with Norm's humor though. Well, actually, I'm wondering if that was cut from the R rating. Um, Honestly, yeah, I I really want to know what scenes were cut because I release the Saget cut. God damn it! Release the Saget cut. <laughs> okay, we should pro- let's start a hashtag. Fuck let's yeah, re- man. Let's, let's, let's start get this hashtag. shit trending. <laughs> yeah, All right, because like, because honestly, I haven't. I've never seen any pictures or uh, surfaced footage of any of the deleted scenes, so. I really want to know what was cut. Like, even if uh, even if the the scenes themselves in isolation can be can be released, I'll fucking take it. But mm-hmm. yeah, because it's I really want to know what was cut. Because as uh, you know, because even what was left in is pretty fucking funny. It pushes the PG thirteen rating pretty far. Yeah, it definitely does. And so that just that makes me wonder, like, man, the way like the movie they set out to make. Mm-hmm. it just it makes you wonder like damn this could like this might have been the ultimate norm experience which i'd say it already is but to know that it was gonna be even crazier and, and actually they were uh there were whispers of a sequel for a little bit and actually in uh in 2018 uh when asked about it uh, norm actually said uh it was an r-rated movie so we made it that way and then they made it PG-13, so half the movie had to be cut. So it's hard for me to see it objectively. There might be another one coming out I, coming out now, I guess. Again, Well, I, I don't see that ever happening again. Without it definitely knowing. won't happen now, but honestly, I I would love to see that happen. Uh, to see uh, to see Norm and Artie Lang come back. Because uh, I, I know Artie went through his own personal struggles with drug abuse for a long time, but he seems to have really cleaned up 
uh like last time because i think he has his own podcast and he's sounding a lot better so if uh you know if he kept himself clean and you know they're able to because honestly even if i could see i could have seen a sequel getting made purely through crowdfunding Mm -hmm. so that they can make the movie exact like uh how the veronica mars movie got made you know and just fucking make the movie exactly how how they would want it to be uh i'm sure bob saget would have would have been down to to direct that i don't know it's it's one of those sequels that i always wonder about but it's uh you know it's just one of those things where you know you can only you can only wonder about but looking at dirty work as its own isolated film what did you think of it um, okay, so I didn't, I, I was going to mention it earlier, but you know, we just went straight into it, but so, okay. So I think I may have said this in the past, you know, I'm, I'm not the, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I'm not really the biggest slapstick guy. My type of humor is more like it's witty banter, like witty dog. So it's kind of like something, let's say, take like all the witty stuff, like the witty jokes and humor in a Marvel movie, take out all the superhero stuff and whatnot. And just like, you know, it's a, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a comedy, it's a comedy, but like, um, with drama and like witty banter and dialogue, that's my kind of thing. Cause I think comedy is funnier when, um, when you, when you can deliver like really great, uh, like funny dialogue. Um, some for me, like there's always been some, I have this stigmatism about like, if like physical comedy is like the only way to make a successful comedy, which it, that's not true. I feel like you can make comedy without like all the slapstick humor and whatnot and all the physical physical yeah all the physicality and whatnot but um dirty work is one of those exceptions where i can where i can work with it because it it, it is a norm mcdonald movie because <clears throat> if this what if this movie if it hadn't if it wasn't for norm mcdonald i probably would not have given a shit but uh, just the way <laughs> that norm narrates the movie the way he like approaches like everything he's like some of the stuff is over the top with his delivery but like it's it's norm like it's unapologetically norm like he is the reason why this movie works uh 100 percent and and especially and also chevy chase i also really like chevy chase in this movie too actually um it's honestly such a fucking shame what happened with the release of this movie because i would have loved to see norm like headline more uh a lot more movies because he he fucking deserved to be on that level man oh yeah absolutely i mean like god man it's it's so it's a shame that you know we'll never have something like this again because i i, I don't know you know you know what we need we need like someone to just like say a fuck it attitude and just um make another kind of movie like this. I mean, for fuck's sake, if like the guys from Jackass, if Johnny Knoxville can get Steve-O and uh, Wee Man to come back and do another Jackass movie later this year. And uh, I think you can make comedy like this again, because Jackass always pushes the envelope too. Oh yeah. Um, And honestly, like it, it's never been a better time for Jackass to, to make a return because it's, it's a reminder of, that fun juvenile era of comedy that so many people, especially around our age, 
are uh, are nostalgic for, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, uh, you know, because, you know, when Jackass was at its peak, you know, that's when, you know, when people when comedians like Norm Macdonald were at their at their height. And that was just the socially acceptable style of humor, offensive humor. And it's uh, and I feel like we just kind of got we lost track of that. And we got too afraid of hurting anyone's feelings, but comedy I is think not, you can. But comedy is not about coddling feelings. Like when it comes to when it comes to actually when it comes to comedy, you gotta you gotta push some buttons to really get the and and I think uh, the writers of South Park are masters at it because they make fun of everyone and i think that's how it should be done because if we're able to get to a point where we can all just laugh laugh at each other i think we would be at a i would think we we would be at a a better place in society because it's like yeah there's shit to make fun of for everyone and but everyone just gets so fucking defensive and I mean, obviously, if someone's like being a total shitbag and, you know, saying objectively unfunny and just straight up terrible things, then, yeah, obviously condemn them. But, you know, if you're if your comedy routine is not centered around a hateful perspective, but rather like maybe harsh truth, then I feel like that like a good comedian is able to strike that balance. And when you're able to get that and you hold true to your craft, the shit that you can accomplish in the comedy world is unlike any, any other. And I feel like that's, that's the best way to succeed at comedy right now is not being afraid to push the boundaries because so many other mainstream comedians you know, just kind of bend the knee and, you know, just aren't, uh, aren't afraid or are too afraid to really push that, push that envelope. But you get a Carlin, you get a McDonald, you get a, you get a Chappelle, you get a Bill Burr. You're going to leave a fucking mark. Uh-huh. And, and I think, uh, uh, but yeah, so anyway, dirty work, I'm so glad that I stumbled on this movie because it's really fucking funny. And even uh, because so many times when movies get chopped down to appease a, a rating, uh, cough, cough, venom, uh, it really compromises the movie as a whole because you can kind of see where all the little cuts were made and uh, to really tone uh, tone down either the violence or any anything crude but with dirty work i still feel like it flows pretty organically as much as i would love to see that r-rated cut to see you know what was cut out i mean shit i i wonder if there's more footage of chris farley and if that's the case i'd love to see that um but yeah it uh it still holds up as the way it's presented like it's I'm not going to say like it's this underrated comedy masterpiece because it's a dumb movie, but it's 
smart. It's just dumb. a lot of fun. It, it, it's that's it's what this movie smart is. dumb is what I like to call it. Like, like, uh, it, it's it's the same way as I describe movies like Caddyshack or Naked Gun or Airplane. Like, obviously, like different comedy approaches, but it just it knows what it is. It sticks to it and it explores all avenues with mm-hmm. the different variations of jokes. And I think this is a really funny movie. And, you know, anyone, if you were at all a fan of Norm Macdonald's or just that style of humor in general, definitely go check this movie out. It's it's an underrated gem, I would definitely say. Side note for a Caddyshack. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. Yeah, <laughs> we got to talk Caddyshack someday. And we have to talk and not just Caddyshack. We also have to talk about uh, Airplane and uh, uh, the Naked Gun. Coincidentally, the Naked Gun also stars O.J. Simpson. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think that is a fine fitting tribute to Norm MacDonald. Um, Yes. And Norm, I I share the same sentiments. Rest in fucking peace, man. Rest in peace. I share the exact same sentiments with Jeff on all accounts. Um, we definitely need comedy that stretches the boundaries and isn't afraid. It is unapologetic because that kind of comedy, you don't like real comedy is meant to be politically incorrect. And if you don't have, if you don't, if people don't accept politically incorrect comedy, then comedy is almost effectively dead. And so, I'm glad there are comedians out there who are still willing to take a risk. Um, and I, I hope not, I, I hate to say this. I hope with Norm's passing, we can still have those comedians come out and uh, in full force and hopefully bring a little bit more humor into the world. So that's, that's just me though. But well, anyways, folks, that is the 30th installment of two nerdskis and a podcast. Be sure to please follow the show on Instagram at TNAPcast. That's T N A A P C A S T. Uh, be sure to like and comment on the YouTube videos and subscribe to the channel. Uh, leave comments and suggestions for future episodes. And we're currently on Apple and Spotify for all you listeners out there. So, um, Norm, we salute you for all you've done. And we hope comedy still lives on because of you. And it will forever live on because of you. Um, and so with all that being said, uh, this is Eric. Well, that's it. It's over. Bye. Stay shiny, everybody. Have a good one. Mm